This is Chase's Rundown, Denver's greatest real estate podcast. I'm Chase Atrowski, a practicing real estate broker with Kentwood City Properties. Today we're going to be talking to Jake Toogood with JT Mechanical about everything to do with heating, ventilating, and air conditioning, HVAC. The whole point of these series, this uh, From the Horse's Mouth series, is uh, to get you guys information that you probably never hear or have the opportunity to hear in the situation. You know, typically when you're making a call to one of these people, like a tradesman specifically, you're more than likely in like in a pretty dire situation. You're probably frustrated because, you know, you're either cold if it's in the winter, you're hot if it's in the summer, and you're uneducated about what it is, and you're really trying to gauge on a very like condensed time frame, you know, can I trust this person to work with? Am I getting ripped off? What are all these things? So... Um, luckily I'm in a unique position that I build relationships with different professions, uh, often so I can give good referrals to different people, trustworthy people. So yeah, that's what the whole series is going to be about. So this is our third audio edition. And so thank you for listening, subscribing and leaving any five-star reviews or just reviews in general. Uh, but make sure to check out what I've got going on over on Facebook and on Instagram for different type of uh, real estate content. And if you know of any other cool stuff, let me know. I'm super interested to, to, um, see what other people got going on. Uh, anything's better than the status quo as of right now. <laughs> so, uh, if you like the podcast and what I'm doing, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, uh, shoot me a DM on Facebook, on Instagram. It's not hard to reach me. And if it is, let me know it's hard to reach me because, uh, I need to, I need to fix that. So, Jake too good. Jake is a super solid dude. Nothing is scarier than having like a an unsure feeling when you give a handoff for a referral. Because the last thing you want is a phone call back and someone is just supremely pissed off. And it's almost always just a misunderstanding. Jake, Jake is the epitome of accountable. And I think that is the big one. I think accountable is really the one trait you're looking for in a good handoff or a referral. And I mean, I've worked next to Jake on projects. I've worked side by side wrenching on a trailer together. And I never once got the feeling that Jake, you know, was going to kind of cut short or wasn't going to do it or didn't want to do anymore. He was just constantly, you know, Nose down, get the job done, get it done right, and good to go. So I'm so stoked he got he came on the podcast. He explained everything really well. I'm super excited to uh, let you guys hear more from Jake Too Good with JT Mechanical. Here we go. This is Jake Too Good with JT Mechanical. He's an HVAC. Well, I'm gonna let him give his own title because I think that's the whole point of this. Is that this is Jake Too Good with JT Mechanical, and what do you do? I own and operate my own heating and air conditioning business. Uh, first words that I come up with is honest, versatile, attentive, and committed. Stands for HVAC. I love that. And those are all things that I strongly believe in, which is why 
we're here today. Yeah. So. Do you feel like that's a shared? Um, do you feel like that's a shared thing in your trade that people put like at the top of their list, or do you think people put like, um, you know, like? Yeah. You know the, I mean? Well, the the whole, unfortunately, is not, and that's the reason why. I wanted to put those things out there. Uh, you will see them around, you know, honest service, stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I feel like the definition's been lost in many ways in this industry and in the market. So how have you tried to bring it back? Uh, follow up my, by my word. Mm -hmm. uh, be honest. Come up with pricing that isn't going to, you know, make anybody flush or faint. Mm -hmm. um, but really, it's more just that relationship that I like with the customer, with the client, you know, upfront and honest, just saying, here's what, here's your problem. I can show you if you'd like. Yeah. And I uh, kind of go through it on that instead of just saying, trust me. Yeah. Give me money. Right. And go from there. So, yeah, because it's so funny. Like you, the thing that where it's like, trust me, that's where I think back to like the, um, the people that like put a mark on like the filter and then they call the HVAC guy and it's like sting. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah, the, then the guy comes. He's like, "Yeah, oh man, this thing really needs some more work." Yeah, well, and then they look, and they didn't even change the filter, <laughs> which is like step one. Sure. Well, sting operations; uh -huh. uh, those have happened in Colorado. No way. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure <laughs> the right person, but I've heard good and bad things about it. Um, but again, like who runs them? Like the news? Uh, yeah, the news. Most oh, of, I love yeah, that. Most of the time, that's the way it works, uh -huh. and that's uh, exactly what you think. They call these. Well, they set this whole entire house up, fix everything up perfect. Uh -huh. So it's running good, at least, you know, perfect to them or whatever. Uh, call a couple different companies to come out as a service call, and they record the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And they put it on the news, and it's, unfortunately, it can be super embarrassing or can be super enlightening as well. Totally. Um, so my, you know, I used to train a ton of HVAC technicians and all that good stuff. And, and number one rule is act like you're always on camera. Totally. And you'll never be caught by the sting, and you'll just just treat people honestly. Uh -huh. I mean, I can't imagine it'd be hard to be filmed and not know it and then have to rewatch yourself totally. and judge every single action. Picking your nose up there doing whatever. Yeah. So just always act like you're on film. It, it's a good go-to because you can, I don't know, rely on your personality. Totally. And in a trade, it's almost like – at this point, do you think people might start strapping on a GoPro and then just really start recording everything? I'd know? love to. Uh, I think that'd be a cool training opportunity. Yeah, totally. Um, Trying to get like just like this in front of people, uh -huh. uh, get them educated. I'm all about education. You know, you hear a random person come up and say, you need this part, you know, capacitor, super common part. Uh, most people don't know what it is. Um, yeah, it, so, sounds, it sounds like something I should know and I'm going to lie yeah. to you and say, oh yeah, it sounds like I should <laughs> It happens, uh, yeah. but also it's a super easy part to replace, so it shouldn't be fairly you know expensive or anything. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, I'm all about education, and I know video is the new go-to, mm -hmm. and uh, it would be a lot of fun to actually record things and share it and, and totally. just get people's reaction on that as well. Uh -huh. It would be a blast. Yeah. yeah. So if, if we're talking about stings, if we're talking about a sting, if you could design a sting that you think that would help the general public and like – it might be surprising to people how, like, if you had to design a sting that you thought would be beneficial to the public, what would you design? What would you set up in your in your what opinion? What would I set up? Um, well, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos, but they are set up pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing that I would not advertise as much is who the newscast or whoever's doing the sting hired to fix the unit in the first place. Uh -huh. 
and then because they're now they're calling his competitors and they're making him look like an all star. Which who knows? Uh-huh. Who knows? This is all fair game. That's what it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my sting would be uh, nobody knows who originally fixed the unit. Um, you would have I don't know maybe an educated person, a random person, watch the video mm-hmm. and, and see if they can pick out what things are wrong. And yeah, it doesn't add up. I would put the customer more involved in it than just saying, "Hey, I need my AC fixed," and then seeing what the technician does. I would, yeah, I would really because it's all about customer interaction. That's my trade. That's my business. Because when they do it with just the professional picking apart the other guy, it almost still keeps it behind the curtain. Where well, it's John just not public fair, that's, yeah. in my opinion, uh, it's just not fair because you got someone who says everything's great. And they fixed it all. Oh, how agrees. interesting. Yeah. Um, then you're not really getting the whole picture. It's not fair to the other businesses, small people like me, mm-hmm. you know, not being able to have their word and their, you know, two cents. Totally. Because um, all of a sudden they get this big old, you yes, know, fish eye right yeah, in their face. Right in. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. But sting operation, I think, is just. Now, how amazing would it be if you were like, well, actually, I was recording everything I did too. <laughs> so let's compare them side by side. <laughs> Oh my god! That'd be cool. That'd be fun. And it's insane that all of a sudden you have something like um, trades work, and all of a sudden you have technology creeping up on it in a way that you would never really think, right? Like hidden yes. hidden cameras in a trade. It seems almost like why would you do that? But then even household security systems. You technically you are on camera as soon as you walk in some of these people's door. Totally. I ring the doorbell. I'm on camera. Yeah. I, I walk in the front door. Some of your properties have those cameras where you first walk in. Right. Super the great. The or whatever. Yeah. No, even inside. Um, set up just for who walks in the door. Um, oh, interesting. Or not, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of those. Um, so everybody wants to know who they got coming to their door. And uh, as a professional, that's my goal to answer that before I even get there. Yeah. Uh, website, you know, little things like this. This is this is who I am. You don't need to worry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who's coming in your house because it's going to be me. Totally. So. so if I were to give your – so let's say that we were under contract on a property. Okay. And it just – and I don't, I don't venture too far into trying to diagnose anything. But if the inspector says you should probably have an HVAC guy check this out, what are the things that you as being the HVAC guy – what are the things that uh, you specialize in or what's like your scope of work versus like what things don't – isn't really in your purview? Okay. Uh, scope of work. Well, if an inspector needs a cleaning on a furnace, he's looking for – you know, to make sure it's going to keep running for at least a limited period of time mm-hmm. uh, while they're under contract. Uh, safety is the big things. Uh, carbon monoxide, stuff like that. If you have a furnace – uh, really, just if everything is working properly, mm-hmm. and uh, so other than just heat coming out of this thing, yeah. when I turn that dial to six, you know to sixty five or seventy, and heat comes out, that in my mind or other people's mind might be working. So, in your in your professional opinion, what what goes what is happening in there, or what could be going wrong in there? I guess outside of just turning the heat on and. It getting heat out. Yeah. Right? Well, the obvious one, of course, carbon dioxide. Uh, the ones that aren't so obvious are they kind of actually come into play with the air conditioning coils and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, if that system is dirty in any way, uh, there are safety switches on equipment to you know, shut it down in the case of a you know high temperature something going on in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean they're going to work. Um, so anything that is dirty in your furnace, if it's a blower or those AC coils are really clogged up, mm-hmm. uh, just because your system's running doesn't mean it's running efficiently or not overheating. Got it. Um, those are kind of the big crucial ones because you have even 
filters or things next to these overheating parts, you can get issues. Uh, I mean, it's not common, but there's a lot of things that can happen, especially, you know, in our industry in in Denver. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are dealing with gas furnaces, you know, fire in the system. Sure. Um, So there's a much more higher temperature kind of worry on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But other, other things that, you know, just a general cleaning and maintenance. It's something that should be done at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try and do biannually, so you have one what's crazy, the, one drill. What's like an average price that somebody should be looking at? Yeah, that's a super interesting question. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that word honest again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will see advertisements for, you know, $35 tune-up or, you know, whatever lingo they kind of want up. They want to do. Uh, my prices will tend to be higher than those thirty-five, uh, and that's because I am paying myself as employee labor charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know many companies that can afford you know thirty-five dollar an hour mm-hmm. labor rates. So they're um, undercutting just due to their size. Well, what you'll find, and my experience, and you know, again, just my experience, but what you'll find is these people get out here, and uh, yes, it's thirty-five dollars, but does it include? You know, cleaning that blower if it needs to be dirty. Does it include even checking the AC coils to see if those are dirty? Mm-hmm. No, well, that's a part of the super tune-up. Yeah, it doesn't include yeah. that. So now you're looking at, well, I can check this, but it's going to cost you more. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, a one-time tune-up means exactly as it sounds. I want to check everything. Uh, it takes about an hour, hour and a half to do a really good cleaning. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all time that you know we need to get paid for. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot of material that goes into that. It's really just my time, my skills. I know what to look for. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I do find something bad, you know, I can work with you on how to replace it or, you know, worst case, you know, figure out something else that needs to happen. Yeah. So if someone were to call you in, and again, they don't know anything about HVAC. They just know that the warm air comes out of those vents and they know where the thermostat is and they know that there's a thing called a furnace in their house yes so what act in your like if they were just coming in for cleaning or things like that what places would you need access to and what places is it kind of you would never need to go yeah well i mean the most important thing is listen to the customer first Mm -hmm. so they know where that thermostat is Mm -hmm. they know you know where the outside unit is Mm -hmm. Uh, they might not even know where the furnace is Mm -hmm. uh well we'll start with the thermostat and kind of work our way that direction. So if furnaces can be in the basement, most commonly underneath staircases or something like that, mm-hmm. if they're finished. Uh, crawl spaces is really common. Whether you access that through a closet or you know outside, that yeah. needs to be a clear area to get in there. Got it. Uh, and be able to you know carry in a vacuum and all that good stuff. But if somebody doesn't know where it is, that might make that might you might need to start going through different closets or stuff like that. So that it's might true. That might not be as weird as people might think. No, I mean it does happen a lot. Uh, people aren't really educated about their home, which is I just think is terrible. So uh-huh. I try and do that myself. Uh-huh. But, um, if they don't know where it is, yeah, we're gonna start looking. And sometimes I have had cases where you know, oh, you can't go in this room. Um, you know, I, we really got to get in there and check to see if that's where it is. Something's yeah. If something doesn't add up and you don't know where it's at, I'm going to do everything I can to help you figure it out. Sure. And what's funny is I didn't even think about that until like right this minute of when I go into a property as a real estate broker, you have certain expectations of like, okay, they're going to want to see everything. Yeah. But then when you have different tradesmen come in, it's almost like if the if there's a leak under the uh, sink for a plumber yeah. and all of a sudden they're like hey I really need to get in this bedroom they're going okay what the hell <laughs> or if they see that on the camera and they're like what the hell are these people doing sure. you guys have a very different unless they're looking for access to the basement to check some pipes or anything like that 
you guys are almost in a way different situation where the attic access is not always right under the sink, so to speak. Sure. It yeah. could be anywhere. Yeah. Right? Well, it's not even just the attic access. Where the unit is, mm -hmm. you also have ductwork in your house. Yeah. Most houses do, at least, whether it's in the attic or crawl space or in the basement. Mm -hmm. uh, a really good you know, tune-up is going to go to a couple of those vents. Uh, oh, check really? some temperatures, make sure you don't have any carbon dioxide coming out of there. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, the HVAC tune-up on the inside of the house, is it can be pretty invasive if you want to use that word. Sure. Uh, but really, you need to check those things. You know, a lot of my customers complain, I don't have good airflow over here. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes they don't remember that until you walk in. Totally. Um, but, yeah, I mean, having those vents clear. Yeah. You know, well, it could be the dresser in front of it. No, yeah, all right. Yeah. It happens. It so. happens. But having those clear is going to help me help you as a client. Totally. Just make sure that we can keep you comfortable if you're hot or cold in this room there's always a solution sure um, but in order to have a good solution you got to be able to inspect that too mm -hmm. so. so do you have very much experience with like that that new very popular nest thermostat yes what do you think of that uh really cool technology mm -hmm. uh, i've had a ton of technical issues with it unfortunately <laughs> full disclosure uh -huh. uh, i've installed quite a few of them i think the uh, first generation i guess you'd call it um they had quite a few issues with it and the issues I'm running into would be the furnace and the AC come on at the same time. Oh, whether it's summer, winter, and they're working against one another. Things. Yeah, and it's, the, it's been the back plate which has been the issue. Um, most of these have been able to be replaced with warranty, which mm -hmm. is great. Um, but as far as my thing about the Nest is, it's really cool technology. Uh, Nest is a really great idea and job of kind of getting their name out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but the technology is everywhere. Yeah, uh, there are thermostats that I probably haven't even heard of that offer the same things, mm -hmm. but they're not as popular. As popular, yeah, that marketing name. push, right? Uh, but so if you are an S person, you know, totally fine, works great. Mm -hmm. um, of course, all these companies have kind of your best intention with smoke detectors, carbon monoxide. Yeah. Um, but if you're not an S person, there is a huge line out there that you can kind of get whatever brand you like. Sure. You can, now, are there people that are that are like certified working on those types of things? Are there certifications behind that, or, or is everybody's able to do it? Um, there probably is some certifications on certain things. Mm -hmm. um, Nest, the way I stipulate it is if you can buy it at Home Depot, unfortunately everybody can do yeah. it, whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> sure. Uh, there are a ton of right ways to do the Nest, and there are a ton of wrong ways to do the Nest as far as what wires to hook up, how to hook them up. Mm -hmm. You know, don't touch the wires. You know, shut the power off. Yeah. Uh, I know the directions are really clear, but sometimes you need a little more direction. Yeah. And uh, But that's stuff that I offer over the phone. You yeah. Know, if you got a thermostat and you're just kicking yourself because you can't do it, mm -hmm. just call. Yeah, I love I can that. walk you through it, and it's, you know, simple as that. So this is a really good testim testimonial uh, that is to that very point. So this guy was doing his own plumbing, and I'm underneath my house with the pipe cutter. And I'm familiar enough with, enough, uh, with plumbing enough that um, I could do it. It's just you need that safety net, and this man is the safety net. So he literally means call him, and he'll be able to at least walk you through. And I think he said advice is free, but if you want any more than that, and that's that's the that's the best way to work with people. So imagine me under the crawl space, cold, dark place, and I'm about ready to cut the main line water line to the house. And so I walk through the the whole plan and everything like that. But still, I have this thing. On, on the pipe, clamped, and I have it, I think, cut like twice around, and I go, oh my God, what am I gonna do if this, if this doesn't work? What's the contingency? 
This guy's the contingency. So I crawled out of that thing, like the swamp thing, out of the crawl space, and I call him on the phone, and he picks up, and he explains the whole thing to me, and it just was just that. It was the education. It was the safety net of really being able to, on the spot, get a real qualified opinion and advice and actionable advice, not like, well, you know, that sounds really complicated, <laughs> and you know, I'd probably be able to make it over there, and uh, since it's probably after hours by the time I get there, it might... You know, I have to charge you a service fee and all this kind of stuff. So granted, we know each other and we have a personal relationship, but that's the whole point of a podcast like this is to share that that is a real thing with a lot of real true professionals. So uh, I think one of my favorite questions to ask people that are sitting in that chair are, what is something that with if you're talking to a client and their eyes glaze over that you really wish that you could tell them, no, this is really something you should pay attention to? Yeah. What are, what's maybe the top one or two of those that you really, really hope to instill in people? And it's like, no, no, no. pay attention, really get this. Uh, well, in my industry, it's all about parts, replacing parts, maintaining parts. Uh, a lot of people like their cars and uh, anything I can do to relate to a car or pick up on some personality trait that you know they have an interest in, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, it can be anything, fishing or you know, knitting, who knows? Uh-huh. Uh, I always try and just flip the switch, uh, try and explain this part in terms that they understand. Oh, interesting. Um, cars, um, even some woodworking people, I've done that a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of parts on all these machines because at the end of the day, a furnace, an air conditioner, heat pump, it's a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot of the same parts. Uh, so anything that you can kind of compare with um, really helps just really helps what's one that sticks out what's the knitting one I want to know knitting I I mean oh man so if there's a knitter out there that ever has a furnace problem (laughs) this is how it's going to be explained to you right yeah Uh, now I got to think I don't know when I I think of a machine you know a knitting machine or you know a sewing machine something like that Mm -hmm. um, there's a process of how this thing works you got to set the cloth on the table uh, get the needle lined up or thread the needle. Mm-hmm. Uh, furnace and air conditioning work the same way. There's a step-by-step process uh, for that unit to turn on when you turn your dial mm-hmm. to 68 or whatever you're totally with. Um, so a great example, people do call me sometimes, and you know the first thing I kind of want to figure out is if they're technically inclined. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they are a knitter, I consider that technically inclined. So way pro. more than myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so I kind of like to walk them through, you know, whatever they're looking at. Some people can actually go to their furnace, take the door off, and we can diagnose it right there. Oh, cool. I can show up at the part, you know, 30 minutes later or however long. And just and expedite it. Fixed. Yep. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I mean, all the machines operate in a certain order, and so does your heating and cooling unit. Once you know that order and you've kind of mastered what parts go in there, mm-hmm. um, you can kind of get away with anything. So yeah, that's awesome. Because so many people that are just like, just I'm, I'll be there in a couple minutes. I don't even want to waste my time explaining this to you because <laughs> it's going to be in one ear out the other. But I'm sure you can attest that is, this is that's the same way I like to work with people is that if you empower them to know the process, all of that mistrust and all that kind of stuff okay. usually just dissipates. Well, it's fun too because if you empower somebody, mm-hmm. you feel that as well. Totally, if they feel it. You feel it. I like to share that. Yeah. And, uh, and and that's the other thing. I mean, everybody should be educated about something. If it fails, you can have really bad problems on your hands. Totally. If you cut a pipe and it doesn't work, you can have huge problems. Uh-huh. So you, you just need to know the kind of parameters there. And sure. that's easy stuff. Um, you can find that 
anywhere, but sometimes the best thing is just pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned all the time, advice is free. Um, you know, just call and chat. If you got a question, that's what I'm here for. Totally. So, and you're a well-spoken guy, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't say the same thing about everybody else. But so outside of a furnace, outside of like the vents, outside of the thermostat, what else is in your bag of tricks? Or I guess what other things – well, I guess to bring it back. The reason why you're able to work on a furnace, the reason why you're able to work and give that advice is because you're a licensed, uh, you know, insured professional yeah. in it. So the reason why you can't work outside of that is because you don't have the real authority to do that for other people. Sure. Because you're dealing with, you know, noxious gases. You're dealing with electrical, pan- you're electrical. You're dealing with all these different types of things. Yeah. You know, heat, heat going out in the winter, bad thing. Yeah. So what... Explain to us the licensing process that you've went through, like kind of what the insurance does and how it works uh, and what other things are you're able to do under, you know, what you're licensed for. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start with the licensing factor. The really cool thing about mechanical, the word mechanical, which is HVAC, uh, is it entails plumbing, a little bit of electrical, uh, mechanical is kind of the operations and airflow, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mechanical license actually consumes all that. Plumbing, HVAC, and electrical. Uh, so it's really fun to be able to learn three different professions, you know, at least start to learn a couple other ones, um, while getting that you know, license and be able to offer that advice to people. So I didn't even know mechanical license was a differentiator than other things. So yeah. that means that you are technically a plumber. Technically, gas, any gas, fireplaces, stuff like that, that's a mechanical system. So, therefore, you can, however, hire a plumber. Some of them do the fireplaces, mm-hmm. but when it has anything to do with venting, mm-hmm. venting that fireplace, mm-hmm. that's mechanical, that's HVAC. Um, oh. Yeah. So, even boilers, stuff like that, you know, you that's a big one for me. I've gotten really into boilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, great units, kind of difficult to work on. Um, but you also have a vent going off of that boiler. That's mechanical. So, so is, know but about sewer that. has a vent. Uh, so that's waste and vent. That is totally different. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, it's not burning any fuel. Uh-huh. Um, you know the. Some men would disagree. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would mostly be plumbing, uh, waste and vent. Uh, uh-huh. The plumbing pipes you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're starting to see the PVC pipes kind of sticking out of the outside walls of buildings. Yeah. That's actually mechanical. Uh, high efficiency stuff, things like that. Interesting. So it all relates, which is why I really like mechanical totally. and HVAC because you know electrical, that little disconnect on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to know how to work on breakers. Got to know what to touch and not touch. Totally. And, and some people actually will not work on that at all. It's mm. uh, pr- probably from a professional to professional or technician basis, uh, depending on who you're dealing with, will do, you know, probably may go outside of their, you know, just, I just did HVAC guy mm-hmm. or they may not. Yeah. It depends. And that's kind of where it comes into insurance wow. and, you know, having that protection there. Sure. Um, the biggest term when HVAC and insurance is uh, warranty and as you, you know, parts warranties, labor warranties. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't have any kind of insurance and you offered that kind of stuff, um, if something bad were to happen, a ceiling falls in or something crazy and it's something to do with the unit mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm necessarily liable mm-hmm. but I can at least have insurance to back me up to work with a customer maybe I can pay some or you know there's going to be stipulations there that the insurance has to figure out right um, but it's it's protection for me to be able to say yeah that that happened because of the mechanical unit and maybe we can you know 
single out what needs to be repaired. Sure. Uh, Rather than just Joe Schmo, who, you know, is going to be like, I didn't do that. Well, yeah, I'm not insured. I mean, I don't, you, there's certain stipulations you can sue somebody or, you know, go to collections or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason to have insurance, you know, worst case, you just never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the perfect, unfortunately, the perfect thing is carbon monoxide. Um, you know, I have a tester that I go around every single call I go to test for that carbon monoxide. You know, is it going to be a guaranteed yes, you're okay? No. Not necessarily, yeah. which is why we have detectors. Um, but if I was there the day before and then something terrible happens in that household, you know, fire department comes out and there's something going on, you know, I want insurance for that. Mm-hmm. Totally. For that family and for myself. Yeah. So uh, insurance is big. And then it gets into commercial as well. Uh, commercial meaning, you know, your office building having different types of units that you have to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing about mechanical is there's a residential side and then there's a commercial side. Uh, they're similar, but yeah, the commercial is a lot more advanced. I can imagine. Talked about technology. Mm-hmm. Some of these units, you don't even work on them anymore. You plug your in computer. your computer uh-huh. and you sit there and diagnose it. Sounds it's like a car. Incredible. Wow. It's incredible. And that's where everything's going, even residential. Wow. Uh, they have units now for that. Uh, so, and, and another thing about mechanical is it's continually changing. So you got to do, you know, extra education, get into some certain classes and learn about the new units. Uh, a lot of those are required by, you know, manufacturers to be able to install their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is a really progressive kind of profession to be in. Sure. It's always interesting how people that are supposed to be real estate agents are then expected to ask for very specific things in an objection without being too specific, right? Yeah. So the things I mean by specificity, I don't necessarily mean like the capacitor needs to be changed, sure. right? That's way out of our scope. But the specificity comes in and asking exactly what need what 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 the what we need, right? So to ask for now from this conversation, I'm guarantee I'm gonna write insured next to contractor. That's a stipulation that's specific because it narrows down to make sure that the seller then is going to check to make sure they're insured. Mm-hmm. But along with that, I'm, I'm going to ask that they're – I'm going to insist that they're licensed, qualified. Now, qualification is a very loose, bro- term. loose term, but it still narrows it down out of somebody who you know is, isn't qualified, right? Sure. Go figure. <laughs> so then if we add an insured, that narrows the pool by a lot. It does. And so um, what I'm also going to ask for is that that tradesman uh, puts their stamp, for lack of a better word, on their work that they've done. And the term that's thrown around a lot in real estate, at least in Denver, is provide a certification for it. Right. Now, is that that's not ever necessarily provided in writing or some like – uh, you know, certificate, like congratulations, but it's, it almost seems like that's what it should be, right? Uh, well, certification from what I've been told and kind of my experience with it is, uh, it's almost like a legal term. Mm-hmm. So I can say the unit works, works good, mm-hmm. you know, no carbon monoxide. Um, that kind of sets me apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. If I say it's certified, I'm almost putting my word, like you were saying, you want right. your stamp on that paper, mm-hmm. putting my word on the line a little bit. And, uh, you know, so if something terrible is going on, you know, I'm going to be completely reliable rather than just saying, I didn't say that. Sure. Uh, the word certified, I think, is used a lot more in the law right. rather than 
regular day-to-day tune-ups or even these interactions. Sure. Um, so I think they came up with that word maybe to be a little more forceful. Right. But I've also have never seen or had a great answer as far as what someone actually means by when they say certified. Sure. And I think what um, might even be more dangerous is that around. they don't either. Well, you, know, you can bounce around from company to company and they'll give you their own terms of what certified means. Um, but I've even ran into a couple of inspectors who we had different views on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that it you know, needed to be cleaned a certain way. And unfortunately, that cleaning will, will cost me a lot more money than what I originally quoted um, because it's, for one, not part of the certification, wasn't a safety hazard or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, just some dust actually outside of the furnace itself. Sure. And uh, I was in trouble because I didn't clean the dust outside of the furnace itself in a crawl space. Sure. Um, so, like I said, the certification word, I think, comes from the inspectors, for one. Um, what does it mean? Uh, I, I think, to me, it means, is the unit safe? to operate you know it might be old but is it safe is right. it you know operating correctly can it run for longer than 10 minutes without shutting off mm-hmm. uh, that's one that a lot of people miss sometimes um, you know it should run continually without shutting off if it does shut off you good working have an order issue. and again yeah. these are all such they're unquantified terms yeah. right <laughs> but at the same time it's it is almost disheartening because if anybody's watching this and they're dealing with an inspector who's licensed who has yeah. whose whose livelihood is based around their expertise of this? It, well, I guess it should just come down to the word expertise. Yeah. Licensed. If somebody is qualified, licensed, and insured in that trade, ask your inspector if they have the same thing, because then they are going from their opinion that then they are then referring it that their opinion out to get a professional recommendation. Versus them giving an unqualified recommendation because they aren't licensed, they aren't insured, they aren't qualified. So I, if I were in that situation, I would 100% start questioning that inspector because your word, your license, your insurance is on the line and that you will be the one who's come back to if anything isn't right. Not to have the inspector write your work order essentially and then he's the de facto g you know general contractor yeah and so does it do you run up against that more often than not i i've ran up quite a few times i've ran up against that and basically my position there is i get put in this position where i'm not helping the buyer or whoever's selling the house Mm -hmm. Uh, it's pretty much the inspector is the third party Homeowner says this, inspector goes out and inspects it, and then it comes back on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do value your opinion on licensing, mechanical, and, you know, being insured, because uh, it does weigh a lot on your mind when you're dealing with things like this. But uh, the end game for me is, okay, you want this thing cleaned or however, cool. Uh, we can do that. But here's the uh, time price. There might be a price associated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had other employees kind of miss a few things, and visually i just walk in there and say yeah no they missed that you know i'll take care of that no problem mm-hmm. and uh, then me and that employee have a conversation but so it, and that, that's kind of the hard stipulation too calling all these different companies the pool does get narrowed by bringing up all those things insured licensed qualified mm-hmm. um sometimes you get into the bigger businesses which is not a bad thing um but they're they can move a lot quicker than i can sure and they they have a lot more employees to try and 
hone in mm-hmm. on certain things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's important to hire a company who's can be close to the customer, but also close to their employees. Totally. And uh, not have to put you in a situation where you got to call me back because that's the last thing you kind of want as right. a professional. I got other things going on. You know, get this done. Well, and they're hands. having to call you back. Yeah, it's right? just it's kind of a difficult right. situation to put in on both parts. And it almost it kind of comes full circle to the sting thing, right? So let's say this inspector said, "Hey, we need this uh, furnace certified or cleaned and certified." Okay, that means certain things to you, but you don't necessarily agree on those terms prior to you guys you coming in and doing it. Yeah. So let's say that inspector said, "Hey, you know what? Just be on the safe side. We're going to set up some cameras, yeah. and we're going to sting this guy, and let's see if he really does it." And it's just to protect you. You've already got, you know, some cameras laying around. Let's just do it and, you know, we'll see how yeah. it goes. So you come in, do do what you, and, and you're bidding your price, if you line item it out, whatever it is, that's what you clean and certify for. And you are qualified, licensed, and insured. Yeah. Then he goes, guess what? We got him. We got him on camera not doing it. He didn't clean the dust outside of that thing. So then they call you back in and they go, gotcha. So then anybody that's watching that kind of sting show is going like, oh, that rat bastard didn't clean it. And you're going, wait a minute. But then they cut it off and they go like, oh, don't show that anymore when he explains it. (laughs) So it's interesting to think, to see, kind of have the insight of somebody that's kind of gotten jerked around by. uh, I think everybody has. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's almost like, well, what's the motive there? Right? It's true. What's the motive? Mm -hmm. And so I think that when you clearly come in, and instead of just going like, okay, don't worry about it. I'll go up there and I'll take care of it. You want to clean? I'll clean it for you. I'll, I'm in and out and I'll be gone. Yeah. Rather than you, Jake, JT Mechanical, you come in. I've already had a phone call with them. Yeah. You come in and you explain, you educate them. If they, if you go up there, clean it, come back down, leave, and then the inspector comes back and he's like, <laughs> ah, guess what? He didn't clean it. And they go, well, wait a minute. He explained it to me. Yeah. And they agreed to so then they go, well, let me call Jake back rather than like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. So it sounds to me like just even the way that you operate professionally, it it dampens that a lot, right? Yeah, it's just, you know, you learn every day different situations, mm-hmm. uh, how to deal with certain people because yeah. you're always going to run. No matter how good you do your job, it's, there's something that's always going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, and it is that. It's how you react to that, how you respond. Uh, right or wrong changes from every interaction. Yeah, um, but I think you just actually set up the perfect sting operation that I kind of want to get into. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, uh, but really, yeah. I mean, it's it's just about to me. It's the customer, whether it's the inspector talking to me or not. Um, what does this customer expect to you know when they buy their house? Yeah, and, and what are their stipulations? Because that's what I'm going to work on, not mm-hmm. necessarily what an inspector means or doesn't mean. Uh, I am going to communicate you know, differently than an inspector might with the customers. Sure. So, but it is all about education before you get to the house, after you're done, whether it's on the phone or showing up firsthand, mm-hmm. uh, here's what I did. Here's a list of what I did. Uh, certain things like that, mm-hmm. you know, little things, but they go a long ways. Sure. So now, so do you like, so you, when did you start your company? Yeah. So you've been in the business for a long time, but you just been struck in the out. Trade. Yeah, yeah. I've been in the trade for 10 years, mm-hmm. 2018, 10 yeah. years uh, to be exact, a little more, Probably than I should have been working, but uh, my business is less than a year old. Started May 2017. Okay, so just getting on it, really. So you've got you got uh, you know your first few projects in the bag. 
Um, and what do you de- have you decided to include anything else in the way you do business that uh, you think kind of stands out from other companies? Like, I value the fact that I am small. I'm a small business. With you know, I have goals and achievements to get to for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I'm focused on that kind of personal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the companies, even websites, is a great example. Um, you can go on a website of whatever company somebody highly recommends, but you still don't understand who or what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like to say, I'm Jake with JT Mechanical. This is who I am. You know, I happen to love my profession, um, but you're really getting a bigger slice than me. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have an issue, if you actually call, it's going to be me answering the phone. Yeah. I can always be available. Um, so I, I like to focus in on that personal touch, mm-hmm. uh, even with just interactions. I love meeting new people, learning some interesting things about them. Uh, the, the personal touch is what I kind of yeah. enjoy. To well, because what's really interesting about you, from what I've seen from an outside perspective, is you do, at least, you, you make it appear as if you really do love what you do. And you make it look like art. Because the way that you even curate your social media, like on Instagram... There's some very duct duct work can just look like duct work. Silver stuff, yeah. But if you do it the right way, it can be very pretty. It's almost like a abstract, or maybe not abstract, but it's like a modern art piece. You know, it's like installation almost. I enjoy that aspect of it for sure. So if you do take anything away from this, look up what's JT Mechanical on Instagram. Uh, J A Too Good, which is my last name. J A Too Good. So on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, or Facebook. <laughs> Follow him and just take a look at what he does and see if that's what any of the other maybe big box or other people that you might expect being in the trade, if that's what they would do. Or unless it's like, um, you know, two people shaking somebody's hand with like the hard hat and the belt. And they're like, that's what I mean. By we're, we don't smell. We don't smell weird kind of thing. That's what I mean. by he's keeping it personal. Yeah, totally. That's, that's it for me. But no, I, I, uh, I'm third generation HVAC professional. Cool. Uh, I like to joke that it's genetic at this point, uh-huh. uh, but I, I am pretty artsy when it comes to, you know, making sober stuff look good. Totally. Um, but yeah, I, I just you know, love what I do. And if you don't see that in my work, then I'd be really surprised. Totally. Yeah. Tell us about some of your projects that really show that. Um, my big thing, and you'll find in a different area, finding someone to work on a boiler is really hard. Okay. Uh, I really like boilers and working on boilers because it is all about art and doing it the right way. There's a right and wrong way to do things. Now, um, if you had to sum it up, why don't people like working on them? Uh, they can be really complicated. Uh, there's a ton of controls that go into it. Lots of valves, you know, on, off, mm-hmm. uh, motors. There are a ton of parts that go into a boiler, mm-hmm. but from a customer standpoint, uh, boilers are the best way to heat your home, most efficient, and the units are getting more and more efficient every day. Cool. Uh, but also, you can replace a lot of those parts on the boiler without replacing the boiler. Oh, cool. Um, so there's a lot of parts outside of the actual unit that you're looking at, big old square, mm-hmm. uh, that are worked on, have to be worked on, and can be replaced. Mm-hmm. So you will find, and I think many people know, Boilers last a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. These old ones do. Uh, now the new technology has just changed dramatically. Uh, I deal with uh, Navian, which is one of the leaders in um, combination boilers, high efficiency stuff. Mm-hmm. And their technology is just on another level. They've cool. won a couple of awards for it. Um, so, But piecing all these things together, converting an old boiler to a new high efficiency, mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time, personal experience, but mm-hmm. it is rewarding for both parties. For I love sure. that. 
Uh, the other thing I've always been interested in in Colorado, um, I a lot of my professional career as an HVAC technician, supervisor, all that good stuff, it was in Florida, uh, which has completely different types of units, mm-hmm. heat pumps to be exact, uh, geothermal, stuff like that. And I'm really thinking Colorado, our climate, it's not super cold all the time. Um, when it is, yeah, you need that gas. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the new big hits in solar and stuff like that, I think a lot of people should really be looking at their heat pump ideas for heating and cooling the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywhere you go online, at least in the you know Midwest, and maybe even out here west, uh, they will talk you away from it. Mm-hmm. But if you have that huge solar bank on your house, uh, you can just use that electricity and get free heating and cooling. Cool. Uh, it's a project I'm really trying to find someone who would like to do that. Um, I know it will work. It's just got to be done right. And uh, yeah, I'm, that's a motivator for me for sure. Awesome. Yeah. So explain. So it sounds like you're into that. So explain how more how that worked. Like uh, so out in the West, uh, yeah, of course, we got all these gas, gas lines. You know, natural gas is how we, most people heat their house. Um, yeah, out East... You know, especially southeast, you don't have those huge natural gas pipelines in the ground, mm-hmm. one with water um, and other just kind of middle of nowhere sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they use electricity, which, um, that's like I said, it's up and coming. Everybody's getting solar. Um, heat pumps use refrigerant instead of gas. And they oh, cool. count on electric heat strips as well to make up, you know, the temperature differences when you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general... You know, you can get those same temperature differences with electricity that you get with gas. Now, what's the price differential? Uh, the price differential in the equipment, it's very comparable to replacing your AC. Oh. Um, the only difference between a furnace and a heat pump is the refrigerant side of it. There's mm-hmm. quite a few more parts in there. Um, and the instead of having the burners and stuff like that for the furnace, you have what they call an air handler, which has your coils in there, mm-hmm. blower, and then your electric heat so, if so you the bank is hot, furnace, and then you blow air past that, and then yeah. it transfers the heat to it. Yeah, it, it, heating and cooling. It's all about heat transfer. Right. Um, you, know, you think it's working right, and just kind of reverse it sometimes, and right. work the other way. That's so how a heat pump works. Would you say that this is almost like a paradigm shift the way that tankless water heaters are to water heaters? Um, because so instead of just having this pool of 50 gallons of hot water that's just sitting there, and you're constantly having to heat that up, right? Tankless water heaters eliminate the tank, and it's like a radiator where that water runs through there, and it heats it up when you need it, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the systems operate the same. When you mm-hmm. need heating, you know, the refrigerant turns on, which is the compressor outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big electricity draw. Mm-hmm. Um, out here in Colorado, when we need heat, we just turn the furnace on, mm-hmm. and that air conditioner side does not turn on. So you're saving energy, right? but you're also paying a gas bill. Um, a lot of people... You know, EPA regulations, stuff like that. Gas, should we be using gas? Should we not be using gas? Mm -hmm. Um, That is where I think heat pumps might kind of elevate. Yeah. Um, People want to get rid of their gas bill. They're converting their tankless to, or their tanked water heaters to tankless water heaters. Sure. uh, Lower that gas bill. And if they have solar, it's free energy. So so if somebody's looking to buy a house and they're convinced that they want solar panels, they're like, okay, I've seen the, you know, they're just convinced they want solar panels. What would you, what would you, uh, you know, like to put in their ear that they're like, oh, well, I could do something like something else would be beneficial with these solar panels, not just yeah, the electricity. And, and that's the point. It would be why do they want solar panels? Right. You know, do they want to 
lessen their electricity bill because the lights are too expensive, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't consider their air conditioner and furnace to be you know, a big electricity draw mm-hmm. on their house. So, I mean, the opportunity is there. If you can get enough of that sunlight, uh, I'm not sure what the stipulations are with the Excel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, like I said, you can just save money, get rid of your gas bill entirely, mm-hmm. and just have that electricity bill. On cool. sunny days, your electricity bill is less. So basically, if somebody's already like 100% sure they want solar panels, there's also an opportunity for them to use the solar panel, use the solar panels in conjunction with their heating and their cooling. Yeah, Dude, that's, that's cool. Just opening up. I, I hope that conversation is there to open up more opportunities than just hey, you want your electricity bill bill to be less? Right. I'd like to explain how. Right. And uh, different ways you can do it um, instead of just having them come out, set up, do all the solar. And then have to come out again and do all the things that you know, maybe weren't explained to you. Now, with that cost, uh, so the installation and setup, like maybe not just offsetting the cost of gas and that kind of stuff. But let's say that, you know, I'm working with a buyer and they are like, yeah, you know, we definitely want this place. Even because of the garage, we just, I, I could put all the solar panels up there. It'll really help the electricity. What is my 30-second bit that I could, other than just saying, so here's what I would say, garnered from what we just said. Well, if you're interested in solar panels, and I also know that there's ways that you might be able to uh, integrate it into your like your heating, like your furnace, yeah, mm-hmm. heating and your conditioning. That's right. And they're gonna their mind's gonna be blown a little bit because these people have already convinced themselves that they want solar. Uh, and so then, what do I say? Just talk to my friend Jake. He, he can explain more. It's <laughs> one thing you could say. So, but what about? Here's a video clip that I could have you you watch. Mm-hmm. Talk to that guy right now, or that gal. Yeah, um, so if you're interested in solar on your house, there are opportunities and ways you can get, essentially, free heating or cooling, which everybody likes. Um, I don't think it's a very common notion right now. There's a bunch of different types of units, but we're talking about heat pumps. Um, a heat pump works in the same way your air conditioner does in the summer, only, it actually heats your air instead of cools it in the winter. Uh, it's, it's really that simple. Um, if you already have a furnace in your house, you have all that ductwork already ran, um, it's fairly simple to probably adapt a heat pump to your current situation. Um, and, you know, efficiency, you can kind of get as high efficiency as you want. Uh, if you're going to use that sunlight and, you know, have that help you out with your electricity bills, a heat pump is just the way to go as far as that. Cool. So, um, but there are also new to the market, and I think these are coming out a lot more, and I really have enjoyed working with them. It's uh, Mitsubishi is the brand, and they're called uh, Mini Split Systems. Uh, they're ductless units. Just heard about those. Yeah, they're pretty popular, really popular, mm-hmm. uh, and for good reason. Um, talk about you know cost to run. Uh, they're one of the cheapest units you can actually run as far as efficiency goes. They're mm-hmm. like twenty three sear. That seasonal energy efficiency ratio. <laughs> um, so that just means they work really well for a different one space that you might have, and uh, they cost a lot less to run. Uh, a lot of people, you know, try and not run their air conditioner because they know as soon as they kick it on, the meter's going to start spinning, Excel's going to send them a big bill. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just constantly in the past, I'd say five to ten years, uh, the HVAC industry has kind of seen that and try to come up with different ways to lessen that 
you know, ouch, when you cool. get your electricity bill in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitsubishi is one of the leading you know, manufacturers as far as um, efficiency goes and high, high-tech heating and cooling. Mm-hmm. And um, these guys just hang on the wall in different rooms. A lot of these new places that they're building all over Denver, um, they're going to have multiple wall-hung units with one condenser rather than having ductwork. Um, Whoa. A lot of times that's what you'll see. So they kind of cool the space. They can be controlled. Heating, cooling, whoever's in that room, they can do whatever they want with it. How um, cool. And it's throughout the house. So it's pretty cool stuff. So if we walk, if I'm showing a house and this place has this archaic system in it, basically the thought process now needs to be not, okay, now I just need to buy a new air conditioner. There are a ton more different. There, there can be. Um Mitsubishi actually, ironically, makes air handler heat pumps as well. So, yeah, I mean, just one thing about Mitsubishi, we're not talking gas furnaces to heat. Mm-hmm. We're not talking anything gas. It's all heat pumps. Whoa. Uh, yeah, super high-end refrigerant kind of heating and cooling, and also a little bit of you know, electric heat in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that's a new line for Mitsubishi, really, uh, doing those air handler units that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be one option. Um, but more commonly, you're seeing these little mini-split units um, used in, like, a hot bedroom. You know, that, that one sure. place in the house that's always the cold in the winter part, yeah. and always hot in the summer. Uh, that's where these kind of really take off. Cool. Um, but what a lot of people don't understand there either mm-hmm. is it can go a lot further than that. Sure. Um, and, you know, you won't, again, have that super high electricity bill just for running your AC. Uh, Mitsubishi is really honed in on how to make these things neat looking for one fun mm-hmm. install for you know do you have like a benchmark work? of what the price let's say i needed to redo it and what the comparative price would be between this option versus like a traditional one um total ball, basically ballpark. you know ac adding a new ac to your house you know refrigerant lines and all that good stuff if you just have a furnace and don't have central air mm-hmm. um a general ballpark for me is 2800 bucks to 3800 bucks mm-hmm. pretty you know, pretty decent unit for all you need, really, for cooling and heating. Mm-hmm. Um, for Mitsubishi, kind of mini-split systems, depending on, you know, if you want two wall units or one, um, it's pretty comparative. Uh, the technology in these Mitsubishi units are just the best on the market, uh-huh. and you will pay for it. Uh-huh. Um, but you get what you pay for. You know, great warranties on it, stuff like that. Uh, so you're probably in the, you know, 45, 5,500 range mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, but the thing that everybody forgets, is you also need electrical mm-hmm. capacity for it, um, which is an added expense sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, talking about plumbing, it needs to drain as well. Sure. So it's not as easy as hanging it on the wall, but I can make it look that easy. Totally. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you can make it look pretty too. Yeah, yeah. There's a very wide range of units you can get. Totally. But that, uh, yeah, I'm glad we brought that up because that, that's a just up and coming market for sure. Yeah, totally. Where is JT Mechanical headed? Yeah, uh, like I said, I've been in business for almost a year. Uh, getting there, it's been a fantastic year. Um, I've had a couple commercial projects, a lot more residential. Uh-huh. Uh, so for me, the next step is obviously going to be expand a little bit with the market in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, get maintenance programs, things like that out there. Um, just kind of keep on spreading my skills. But also uh, commercial jobs, those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tons of building going on here. Uh, duck work, tinning, like I said, I learned from my grandfather and my dad, so how cool. could it be? But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking to kind of grow with the market. Totally. So it'll be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. So it sounds to me like people can 
get you on the phone. That's your preferred method. Uh, we'll have his phone number in the below or above or wherever. JT Mechanical on Facebook. J-A-T. J-A-T-Good. It's just my initials. Instagram. If you notice something, yeah, initials, J-T, J-T, J-T. <laughs> I had to throw a middle initial in there. So totally. Full, okay. Full so, dude, thank you for coming on. I'm, this has been a super enlightening episode for everybody. Um, and you explained it very eloquently, and it's very easily digestible. So, I'm, cool. thank you for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it, Chase. It's yeah. great. Been looking forward to it. So, right on. Yeah. So, there you go. JT Mechanical, and uh, that's it. That's number three in the can. Thank you.